morning, church. Please stand. Lord, we thank you this morning for your faithfulness. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you that we are able to come into your presence every day. We just bring everything we have before you this morning. Oh my. 
perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Jesus said the first commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. As we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart, I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. True mission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace, consolation of his Holy Spirit.
Come rest on us as the Spirit was moving. 
Pray together the collect. O oh God, whose glory it is always to have mercy, be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways, and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word. Jesus, your Son, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. The children would come forward. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> what a wonderful crowd. Gigantic crowd. Hey, buddy, how you doing? All right, if you'd reach out your hands and pray with me as we send these young people off to Sunday school. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for all these, our children, that you have put into our midst. We pray, Lord God, that you'd watch over each and every one of them every day of their life, Lord, that you would fill them with courage and strength and wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Oh, they're going that way. <laughs> morning's first lesson is from Genesis, chapter 17, 1 through 7 and 15 through 16. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you, and your descendants after you in their generation for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you should not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her. 
and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall be from her. The word of the Lord. This morning's psalm is Psalm 22. Verses 22 through 32, we'll read responsibly by the whole verse. I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him and fear him. All you offspring of For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. Nor has he hidden his face from him, but when he cried to him, he heard. My praise shall be of you in the great assembly. I will pay my vows before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. All the world shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth shall eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust shall bow before him, even he who cannot keep himself alive. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people who will be born, that he has done this. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. This morning's New Testament lesson comes from the book of Romans, chapter 4, verse 13, commencing. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect, because the law brings about wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who, contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. The word of the Lord.
May the Lord be on our minds, on our lips, and on our hearts as we hear His Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Mark. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We're reading from Mark's Gospel, chapter 8, beginning at verse 31. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke this word openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when he turned around and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. When he had called the people to himself, with his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation Of him the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father and with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. You said your glory will fill the earth like up your eyes. The harvest is here. The kingdom is near. You said, ask and I'll give the nations to you. Oh Lord, that's the cry of my heart. Distant shores and the Father, we are grateful this morning for your presence here with us as we ask the world of you, Lord. And we trust, we trust in you, Lord, 
you will hear our cry and you will provide for our needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. I missed you last week. I was up on a high mountain with uh, some great people. God moved powerfully among them. It was uh, a very real an important moment in the lives of many of our young people, all of our young people there, and for me. It was uh, really a pleasure to, to be able to be with all of them and to see God move so powerfully among them. So I want to at least say here at the beginning thank you to all those young people who were able to participate in that retreat and to their leadership um, and even to the even even to the people at Alpine, <laughs> the men have been up there many times, and we were at the Alpine Retreat Center, and they are very gracious hosts, and it was a great place. We had snow, we had axe throwing, uh, we had decent food, and we had the presence of God moving very powerfully among us. So I'm very grateful for that, and also thankful to to those of you who have contributed to make that a possibility. For all those young people, thank you. This morning we're in the second week of Lent and continuing this this series of things that I believe that God has been speaking to us as a people about faith and about unity and about joy. And I think that it is um, just a very special kind of way that God uh, interacts with us that we would be entering into this time of really talking about joy simultaneously with entering into Lent, right? It's uh, Some might say it was ironic, but I think that it's just deeper and deeper than that. And God needs to like rattle some things around in our hearts in order to wake us up to all that he's called us to be. Right? There is... Uh, uh, I would say there is this irrepressible joy of anticipation knowing that God is going to rescue us, that he is going to restore us, that he is going to build in us something greater than we could even imagine. Before, though, I go into that more deeply, let me, uh, let me just talk a little bit about the readings, especially the gospel. Because this gospel lesson is, um, you know, I think pretty much everybody is familiar with this, right? Because this is, this is like Peter in the middle. <laughs> Peter in the middle. Get behind me, Satan, Peter. <laughs> uh, the interaction of Jesus with his, with his disciples, with the apostles during his ministry is... Uh, just eye-opening to me over and over again. Because this is Peter, and he loves Peter. And, and you know, he, Peter becomes such a powerful pillar of the church in these early years. And here he is at this moment. You know, did, did Jesus slap his forehead? Did he shake his head? What, what was he doing when he's kept behind me, Satan? Right? Because it wasn't about Peter. It was about the word that Peter was sharing. And he says, you don't have in mind the things of God. You have in mind the things of men. Because to 
Peter, what Jesus saying was absolutely unimaginable. And there's something important in that. What Jesus was saying to Peter was unimaginable. Now, we don't have that problem because we know Easter is coming. And we know what happens at Easter. We've already traveled this journey many times. It's at the heart of our faith that we know Jesus is raised from the dead. And therefore, everything I hope for is possible. (laughs) Without that, it's like we're just... Uh, I think Paul said we were the worst of all, worst off of all people. But it is true, and it is real. And our hope, our hope has substance. It has substance. So here's Peter in the middle of this, and like he's not feeling joy at this moment. And, you know, when I mentioned Peter in the middle, it's like I want to just... Go to the left a couple of verses and go to the right a couple of verses and tell you what this, where this story fits with Peter in particular because he is the center of these stories. Immediately before this, two verses before our reading, Peter said, Jesus asked Peter, who do you say I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ. Wow, that was an amazing moment. Very important. Two verses after our reading, Jesus takes Peter and James and John up into a high mountain and is transfigured before them. Peter, we should build three booths. (laughs) Again, is God shaking his head? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Does he do that? I think sometimes he does that with me. He says... He doesn't actually say shut up. (laughs) I think maybe it's implied. And what he says is, this is my son, Jesus. Listen to what he has to say. Well, boy, you can take that to the bank. (laughs) If you're wondering what to do, listen to my son, Jesus. Do what he says. So this, this is Peter stuck in the middle between these things. And Jesus is telling them clearly what's What's in store for them in this, in this immediate thing, right? And that is, that is where we live most of our life, in this in-between moment, where we're dealing with circumstances that are not to our liking, let's say. <laughs> I prefer otherwise. The joy that God has given us, the joy in our heart, the joy that is what God is imparting. You know, I give you my joy that your joy may be full, that my joy may be full in you. God wants us to have this joy, but sometimes it's hidden. And sometimes it's because of the circumstances, because our joy is not in the circumstances. Our joy is in what God is doing for us, in us, and through us. The psalm we read this morning is, it's Psalm 22. It's like whenever you hear Psalm 22, you should know this is Good Friday. This is Jesus on the cross. This is 
even Jesus looking forward to that when he's praying the night before is sweating blood and saying, Father, is there another way? (laughs) But not my will, but yours. So we live in this moment in our life, not our will, Lord, but yours. The story in the Old Testament lesson is about Abraham, and it's the moment where God is speaking to Abram and telling him, I'm going to change your name from a nobody to the father of nations. I'm changing the name of your wife from someone to the mother of many nations. And he says in there, if you'll go back and look at it, I will, I will, I will. God, speaking to Abraham, says at least three times. I'll say he says it three times in the passage I have. And a fourth time where he just says, I'm doing this, right? The, the words I will are not there, but the promises are there. I will make a covenant with you. I will make you the father of many nations. I will multiply you. God is speaking to Abraham, and he repeats himself. You've been in school. You know when the teacher repeats themselves. You should make a note of that because it's going to be on the test. (laughs) Write that down. God is saying to you, I will, I will, I will. And I'll say that when we hear that, right, even in the New Testament, he's talking about Abraham himself and that, you know, Abraham happens and then... Hundreds of years later, Moses happens, and that's where the law is given. And he's saying this promise was given to Abraham, and we are the children of Abraham, and our our calling out, our anointing, our life in God is through the faith of Abraham, faith like Abraham, faith in seeing things you can't see, but you trust God. There is trust. Trust, trust, trust that's built into that. Because so many times the things that God is promising and giving to us and describing to us about the joy that we're going to walk into, we can't imagine. And we can't imagine especially because of the circumstances that we find ourselves in. I want to I want to step out of my notes a little bit and hopefully not share anything that's a secret, but I have a friend who has a boat. And uh, he had a really exciting day yesterday when the boat started taking on water. <laughs> a lot. And that can be a really scary thing when you're you're not at the dock. And there's water inside the boat that's supposed to be outside the boat. And I know, I know my friends, I know the situation that they were in and that God was with them. And you can find yourself in circumstances where, uh, you know, at the Naval Academy and in the Navy, like they train you over and over and over again. When something is leaking, we're all in the same boat. And everybody does everything you possibly can to do two things. One of them is to plug that leak and to get the water out of the boat. And these were my friends, you know, and, and, and all that. You know, God was with them. God was with them. And so was the Coast Guard watching. Uh, I heard the comment made this. Oh, Coast Guard deals with this all the time. 
yeah, I don't care. <laughs> if it's my boat, it's like, this makes one in a row. <laughs> I don't deal with this all the time. My circumstances are, I prefer them otherwise. <laughs> I prefer the inside of my boat to be dry. But God is with them and I'm grateful. And there is a picture of that because, you know, that is, that is iconic of, of St. Michael's Church itself. You know, sometimes the water is inside the boat. <laughs> and it doesn't belong there. But God is with us. And we are called out special. God has a covenant with us. He wants our families to be bigger. Our church families, I'm saying. I'm not saying have more kids, although I'm all in favor of that. <laughs> but this is about the promises that God has made to his people, and we're his people. And we are special to him. We are special to him. He cares about us. He cares about you. He hears the things that you're praying. I've, I've told this story many times. You've probably heard it before. But I know God spoke to me very clearly when I was in a crisis. I don't even remember what the crisis was. Because God is faithful. And he brought me through that. But I'm praying. And I'm praying, oh God, oh God, oh God. And I heard the word of the Lord. Lewis, you need to be more specific. <laughs> I think God is funny sometimes when he talks to me. <laughs> and maybe to you too. But in your prayers, trust. It's about trust. Even if the promises that God has for you are unimaginable, trust in him. Be specific. Don't worry. And the question is, as we're walking through Lent, well, what do we do about this? And I will say one of the things that we know about Lent is that we look inward at our heart. We want to cleanse the things in our heart that we might stand before God with confidence. We do because of what Christ has done. We can stand before God in confidence. But we don't know yet what we are capable of when we make that full and complete surrender to God in our life. So that we can face our circumstances the way that Jesus did. Not my will, but your will. And so there is a need for us to look inward. I looked up the seven deadly sins in case you're wondering what to worry about. <laughs> Pride, greed, wrath, envy, lust, gluttony, sloth. Those are places to begin. I always look at pride and think, you know, I'm not that bad. What are you talking about? Uh, there is a thing you think, right? And it's like, I deserve better. I deserve better. These are circumstances I don't like, and I deserve better. Uh, another one of my favorites is in this category is like self-righteous indignation. Harumph, harumph. Uh, I am better. And it's it's like... I have learned over a long time that it is a sweet, sweet drug that will suck you in and spoil whatever goodness you have left. So there are things about pride that we should consider. And there is confession every Saturday between 10 and 2. <laughs> but what I want to say is that looking in is a part, but it's not a big part. And I sense that when we're looking at these things here about what God is speaking to us, faith, unity, joy, that a big part of our joy is to see outside of ourselves. 
It's not, we are not the center of the world. We have a family. We have a church. We have work. We have the people around us. And God has called us to give in those places. Because it's not about you. It's about them. And what can you do? What can you do? How do you act? How do I act? And I want to... I want to share a little bit about this, just kind of backing up a step to unity. And I want to talk about families. And I want to talk about families from the perspective of a husband, a husband and a father, because that's something I have familiarity with. I've been doing this for a while, and I've seen some things. I've found the boundary from inside and from outside, and I know which is better. But it doesn't mean I'm perfect in any way. But I want to say, I think that there's a special moment in this Lent for us to think about the family around us and how we contribute to them, how we act with them, how we, how we deal with them. I have this sayings that I share, especially with young men preparing for marriage or, or young people in marriage, that there are a couple of things that the husband should always share with his wife. I love you. I'll never leave you. Huh. It's a true thing. And if you're a husband, make note of that. Those are things you want to share with your wife over and over again. I love you. I will never leave you. Because those are the things that will build up in her a joy in her life. Whatever circumstances, <laughs> whatever circumstances she may be contributing to your life and the things that you wish were different, those are the things that will work. I think that those are things that God has taught me. I think those are things that God has said, this is how it works. And if it works this way, then do it. Because it's not you who's going to make it better. It's God working in your life, in your person, in her person, in the family that you're trying to raise, in your church, in your friends, in your work. It's that when you are aware of and are able to, to reach out with faith to those people around you with affection and with security or faithfulness, then it builds in everyone an opportunity to grow and to be better. And the question I ask is, like, wh where do I get the energy to do that? Because it's hard, and I'm busy, and circumstances are not to my liking. Where do I find the motivation? Where do I find the energy to do that? And I want to share, as I am preparing to close, a couple of verses out of the Bible. And I want to start in Galatians 5, if my memory is correct, 22 and 23, which we heard recently, I believe. 5, 22, and 23. 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. That is the fruit of the Spirit. That is the fruit of the Spirit. And I want to ask you, where does fruit come from? Trees, I think. What do I know? <laughs> it comes from trees. Fruit comes from trees. And if there is a tree, and it's a fruit tree, where does it get its fruit? What is the work it does? It's like, does the tree say, mm, I'm going to bear some fruit? <laughs> it doesn't. A tree is just a tree. And what it does bears fruit. These fruits of the Spirit are the things that God is working in you all the time. You're a tree. Stay rooted where there is the water of life. It's right here. That's what you do. You do that and you trust and you hope and you expect and you see God moving in your life, bringing out this fruit and who you are. Who are you? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Another verse we've heard recently is out of Romans. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Paul writing says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed in us. Paul, Paul knew a thing about sufferings. I think he said elsewhere, he said, I have learned to be abased and I have learned to abound. I've learned to have nothing and I've learned to have everything and more but in all things to be content. He knew what suffering was. Uh, People throwing rocks at you, (laughs) like a lot. A lot of people, a lot of rocks, that hurts. Ow. Being whipped, shipwrecked, bitten by snakes. I mean, my life's not so bad. right? The things I complain about are... (laughs) My suffering is not worthy of being compared to Paul much less the glory that God has called us to, even if we can't possibly imagine it. How could we possibly imagine the things that God has in store for us? And we can trust God. He knows what he's about. And if we have sufferings, it's not that, it's not that big by comparison to the glory that God has called us to. And I want to I want to add a couple of more things here. And the next one is from Nehemiah eight. I mean, we've heard all of these recently. I know it's in here. Eight ten, Nehemiah eight ten. And I love this verse, and I will tell you why. Uh, the secret of this verse is that it is about ice cream. <laughs> all right, Nehemiah eight ten. Not really, but 
it will always mean ice cream to me. The people of, of Israel have recently returned to Jerusalem, and it was a wreck. And they had to rebuild it. They had to rebuild the wall. They had to restore it. It was, it was a disaster. It was, Bishop, it was as if their garage burned down. <laughs> and everything else. Worse than that. And they had rebuilt these walls, and in restoring everything, they discovered the book that God had given them that said, here are the rules. And they read the book, and they go, oh this is bad. We have been bad at following the rules. We had no idea. And um, so the, the priest comes out, and he says, this is not a bad day. This is a great day. Trust me in this. Now we know. Now we know. <laughs> Let me read it. 8.10. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink sweet wine, and send your portions to him who has nothing. The first one I read is go and eat the fat and the sweet. It probably was a, a Baptist version. It had no wine in it. <laughs> so it was the fat and the sweet. And I immediately thought, ice cream. This is a great day. Eat ice cream. Yay. <laughs> God loves me. <laughs> Where was I? <laughs> Go your way. Eat the fat and drink, drink sweet wine and send portions to him who has nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And God has given us joy. And I want to I want to I want to close with this verse, and it's one that just has stood out for me as we entered into Lent, out of the Psalms. Uh, Psalm fifty one, also very much a Lenten, Lenten uh, Psalm. Have mercy on me, O God. But in verse twelve, it says, "Restore to me the joy of your salvation." And uphold me with the willing spirit. And the question is, where, where do I get the energy to do what is good and right before God? Where do I become the person that God has called me to be? How do I find out what I can become? Well, this is a moment of Lent for us to shed those things that we know don't belong. I don't have to explain to you. You know already how we can shed the baggage that we don't need to carry forward that we might receive from God freely. God gives us the fruit of the Spirit in our lives and who we are. And He can restore to us the joy of our salvation, the joy of being set free, the joy of no longer being chained or blind or poor. That is the promise. That is the promise that God has given us, you, me, this whole church. So... Have a blessed Lent. Amen. Please stand. We'll continue with the creed. The Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, 
very God of very God, he got not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and is seated on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Call upon the Lord, for he is merciful to those in need that the church will remain faithful in times of persecution and hardship. Lord, in your mercy, that nations will realize that God is the source of peace and justice for the world. Lord, in your mercy, that parents experiencing anxiety and raising their children will experience God's wisdom, peace, and grace. Lord, in your mercy, that those who feel lonely, lost, or abandoned will know that God will never leave them nor forsake them. Lord, in your mercy, that as Christ came to set the captives free, may we, as his agents, care for the poor, the addicted, and the incarcerated. Lord, in your mercy, that we will set aside a sacred time and place for prayer and repentance during this Lenten season. Lord, in your mercy, that those who have recently lost loved ones will be comforted by the resurrection of Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Died and rose that we might live. Hear our prayer. Give us the grace to be transformed into his image. We ask this through Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Peace of the Lord be always with you. And with your spirit. Turn and greet your neighbor with the peace of God. Peace of the Lord, gentlemen. <laughs> that could the Lord be with you and with your spirit.
We've got some announcements to share. Uh, first of all, just a reminder, our catechism class is tonight. Amen. For those young men and women who are studying for the rite of confirmation. confirmation. That's uh, right. Tonight, Easter 5 Sunday. to 6 at the church. You know who you are. Amen. Uh, but we also wanted to bring up and highlight our home groups. Uh, Amen. Our small groups are really the lifeblood of our church. It's the place where we get together and we fellowship with one Amen. another, we pray for one another, and we uh, devote ourselves to, to the Lord and His teachings. Uh, I just really encourage anybody who's not a part of our home group, so we've got a few options. Um, the first one is my favorite. It's Sam's home group. And the way I tell it is it started as a youth group about 50 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but they've got our seniors, and they just keep chugging along, having Amen. wonderful fellowship. Thank you so for if you want to be a part Thank of that, God just that see group. Sam. Um, we've also got our home group, uh, Eric and Becky. They've got our married with lots of kids home group, I guess. Uh, it's like 70 people and 50 of them are children, but you want to be a part of that. They have an awesome time on Wednesday nights. You can see at 6 PM. So see Eric, if you want to be a part of that. Amen. And then, uh, my favorite home group really has to be, uh, the one that I get to be a part of. I will tell you, we had like 20 people show up to do a catechism class as adults, like with books, curriculum, to study what we Amen. believe. It's the miracle of God in our midst, I will tell you. But <laughs> please, if you want to be a part of that, if you're wondering why we do the things we do and what we believe about who God is, Amen. 7.30 p.m., we're meeting actually here Wednesday. at the church downstairs in our fellowship hall on Wednesdays. Wednesday. So see me if you want to be a part of it. It's been really awesome so far. Amen. And we'd love to have you. Amen. There's more uh, announcements, but I did want to highlight the praise dance today, uh, 2 to 3 p.m. I won't be there. Don't worry. I, they told me I wasn't allowed <laughs> to join. But we do have uh, an opportunity for us, a lot of our young women to worship Amen. the Lord through that. So please be here today, 2 to 3, and see the rest of the announcements uh, as there's a lot coming up. Amen. Amen. Very good. Let's pray for our tithes and our offerings. Hey, Max, how you doing? Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us in offering and sacrifice to God. Let us with gladness present the offerings and oblations of our life and labor to the Lord.
Lord, my fears will never scare you. Shatter the shame that I've been bound in. From insecure to brand new. Yes, come my weary soul. By the mystery of this water and wine, we've come to share in the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we receive this wine that we offer you. Fruit of the vine and work of human hands will become for us the body of Christ. Blessed be God. And blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we bring these tithes and offerings before you. They will be used in your church for the work you set before us and the furthering of your kingdom. 
The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just our duty, our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For you have given your children a sacred time for the renewing and purifying of their hearts. That freed from disordered affections, they may so deal with the things of this passing world as to hold rather to the things that eternally endure. And so with all the angels and saints, we praise you as without end we acclaim. we pray by sending down your spirit upon them so they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ always given up to death the death he freely accepted he took bread and broke it and gave it to his disciples and he said take eat this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me when supper was ended he took the cup Again, he gave thanks and praise. He gave the cup to his disciples, and he said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of a new covenant, shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whatever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim this mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. And Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and to serve you. Humbly, we pray that partaking in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch, Craig, and all of our clergy. Remember, especially those who are sick and firm in spirit, soul, or body. 
We mentioned this day Susan and Naomi and Sonia and Sandra, Doug and Tammy and Patrick and Luke House, Bob and Jermaine, Sandy and Jeff and Kate and Dave, Suzanne and Michael, and Mike, Sarah, and of course our Marines and Sailors at Camp Pendleton and all those serving in our armed forces. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and the broken. As we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed and become the body of Christ to the world. Lord, have mercy on us all. Lord, you have made us worthy to share eternal life with the Blessed Virgin Mary, the mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Joseph, her husband, and with the apostles and the martyrs and all the saints gone before us. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him and with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God and Father, now and forever. And now, as our Savior Christ taught us, we're bold to pray. Our Father, in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. <coughs> For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who recall the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy to <coughs> Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. The gifts of God for the people. Body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Amen. Christ. The blood of the Lord.
can't compare to all you've given me. So I will not bring what cost me nothing. I've counted the cost and I'm convinced you're still worth everything. I will not bring what cost me nothing. Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, it's a glorious day today. It's uh, Nat's birthday. Yeah, she's like my wife Karen. They get younger now every year. <laughs> well, listen, outside when you go out, be sure to enjoy the pastries and the coffee and stay around in fellowship and enjoy each other. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle and be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power and power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the sword, seeking the ruin of our soul. You guys threw me off. You never usually say it with me. It was spontaneous. <laughs> That was That's what you should be doing, Satan. We praise be to God. The Lord be with you. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Remember the gospel. God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world himself, not counting men's sins against him, and he loves us. He's forgiven us, not mad at us, and he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. The blessings of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen.